0: there's just so much more to hear
1: download our podcast at dubaii1038.com drive live talks legal
0: our guest today is ali al-assad from yamalaba and plefka ali how are you
2: fine thank you how are you too
0: very well thank you good to have you back i think we might kick off with a question first of all ali actually if we um could start off with this question that's come in says if a company does not renew your visa with an unlimited contract can you still claim arbitrary dismissal
2: so basically in the event we have an employee who's under an unlimited contract and his visa expires as we know you are not allowed to work for a company unless you have a valid employment visa In the event the company want to use the fact not renewing your visa to force you to be out of the office, and let's say not renewing the visa as the decision of the company, it's not like Mm. the authorities refusing it, then in a way or another they are forcing you out of the company and you may have a good argument about arbitrary dismissal.
1: Okay, let's bring in one of the topics, actually. We've got a number of things to get to. But just as you came in, uh, Ali, you mentioned something about the civil procedures law. We'll come to that. Just a reminder, if you're listening now and you have a legal question that you'd like to put to Ali, he's going to be here until five o'clock and, I guess, can answer most things. He is our expert this afternoon. If there is something, put your name on a text. Uh, If you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. But just text us, 4001, or via the free app with your question. It is uh, an open forum. Civil procedures law, an amendment, this is being enforced, it's in the official gazette. I suppose uh, this has really just happened, uh, we're just reading this today, but just run through the, civils, uh, the civil pre- uh, procedures law. If you could just do an overview quickly and then what the amendment is. So
2: basically, civil procedures law is the law that uh, governs all the process and uh, obligations and rights before the courts. Whenever you have a court hearing, whenever you have a court case, like anything related to representation of the parties, appearance of the parties, submission of documents, attending meetings, all these actions are governed by the Civil Procedures Law. So the new amendment we have it now is, as we know, the regular way that whenever there is a hearing, both parties have to appear in front of the judge. Mm-hmm. And, some, and you have to submit your documents, attend expert meetings, and everything need to happen in person or through a lawyer. But the physical presence of the, either the lawyer or the party of the case is mandatory. Under the new amendment... Uh, the court is considering, in certain situations, to allow parties to appear virtually, let's say through a conference call or like video calls or anything or any tools of communications and uh, that the me that the technology is offering to us now. So the law that issued recently, it's Law 10 2017, and uh, for now uh, we understand that it's not going to be implemented exactly the next day. It will take some time just to formalize and to issue the bylaws required for this. Uh, Uh, steps or like to shift from the regular court to the e-court or like the virtual court we're talking about but now we have the legal framework allowing the authorities and every emirate to proceed towards this direction
0: and ali will it be sort of a case-by-case basis whether something maybe qualifies for Mm. this virtual system do you think
2: yeah as per the amended we received is the situation now that the court process will remain uh, running normally and it's up to the judge to refer certain cases Depending on like the aspect of each case, whether they will be governed normally under the uh, previous laws or
1: under the new amendment. Any idea of what? Any is there any indication of what kinds of cases might fit this? Uh,
2: to be honest, like for now we don't have anything in our hands to specify exactly which cases will be referred there. But most probably, I'll see it whenever there is a case that include parties who are like. On regular basis, outside of the UAE, let's mm. say we have a case against someone who's not a resident, or like a testimony from one of the parties. Let's say we have a big corporate, like international uh, or like multinational company. Well, like mm. maybe like the CEO cannot be here at every hearing. So this this uh, service may be considered in this type of cases, most likely.
0: I guess this is, uh, you know, an efficiency move. This should help things speed up through the court process. Any of those cases, like you said, if someone's out of the country, it might help in terms of how quickly they're dealt with.
2: Exactly. It will ease uh, the process and shorten the time because sometimes we have a hearing and it's postponed because one of the parties have a particular reason prohibiting him from coming. Let's say there's certain commitments or let's say medical situations or stuff. Under the new system, it might be allowed that we we don't have to postpone the case because the person can appear at the court from where is he's based, let's say, abroad.
1: Mm. And you uh, no longer
2: have an excuse that you're out of the country yeah. as so well. So it should be more efficient and more cost-effective. So mm. instead of putting the flight and coming here, you can give your testimony while you're abroad.
0: Okay. We've okay. got quite a few questions in Ali about VAT, so we'll come back to those shortly. There's just one here from Imran that says, if someone runs away and exits from the UAE, a UAE company can you ban that person is it possible
2: so basically I understand here that we are talking about an employee who made a runner so basically there is two aspects to cover there is the termination of the employee and there is the abstinence and also there is the ban basically the moment the employee is outside of the country we cannot report them as abstrander because abstinence it means you are away of your sponsor inside the country if the employee is outside we have to forget about abstrandment. this is number one number two if the employee spend more than seven consecutive days away of the company Without a valid reason, that's a reason for the company to fire him under Article 120. Which means in Imran's case, they can fire this person. Okay, whenever he comes back to the country, and if you want to claim that I, I need to go back to work, he has to submit a proof saying that why I was abroad. It should have something out of his control. Let's say he was sick or they had an accident, something prohibiting him from coming back. So in this situation, they can fire him as long he cannot provide such reason. After firing him, as long as the termination happened under Article 120, The employer has the right to approach the Ministry of Labour and request a ban of one year, because you know the standard ban we always have is the six months, but whenever the termination happens under Article 120, a request for one year ban can be filed by the employer and it's up to the Ministry whether to approve it or not.
0: Okay. Our guest today for Drive Live Talks Legal is Ali Al Assad from Yumalava and Plethka. You've got half an hour to get your questions into Ali Text 4001 via the free messaging app. When we come back, we have quite a few on VAT, so Ali will be picking your brains now. It's just coming up to half past four.
1: Drive Live Talks Legal.
0: Our guest today is Ali Al Assad from Yumalava and Plethka. Ali, um, we've got quite a few questions coming for you on VAT. If we can start with this one, it says, Hi, I have a question about VAT. If 5% is added to prices, will it cause prices to become uneven? You know, we don't use single fills here, 5-10 fills in the UAE.
2: So basically, this situation will uh, definitely arise from time to time. But in the event we see that someone is buying like, a bottle, like more than one item, All these like fraction of fills will add up and later we'll end up with the same situation whenever we have it now, whenever your bill is like uh, 100 dirham, uh, 35 fills or something. So Mm -hmm. most probably here in this situation, the numbers will be rounded up either up and down depending whether you are above the 25 fills or below it.
0: Okay, and Sakeb also texts in and said, will uh, the money transfers or remittances made through exchange companies be subject to the VAT coming in on January the 1st?
2: Yeah, here there is two points to be explained. Basically, let's say someone is transferring now before January 1st, 10,000 dirham through one of the exchange house or like transfer company monies. So he will pay a net fee over the transfer of the 10,000. Starting January, whenever the VAT will come into force, only the X fee will be increased by 5%. But your main amount of 10,000 dirhams is not going to lose 5% out of it. Just the fee you pay it now, it will be increased itself by 5%.
1: So if you're paying, say you pay 50 dirhams for a transfer, for example, mm-hmm. uh, 5% of that is 2.5 Exactly. Dirhams. So, so that should so become
2: 52.5. Yeah. Right. But okay. the main amount you are transferring is not uh, going to be affected.
0: Okay. okay, there's just one more here. What, what if I buy services from overseas? Do I still then have to pay the VAT, this person asks? Uh, b- uh,
2: theoretically speaking, yes, because uh, uh, if you are buying a service from abroad, sometimes if, of you, if you are importing a service, but technically speaking, how it will be managed on ground, especially if I talk about one individual who will buy this service once uh, once upon a time, that like, is not going to be part of like a business. Theoretically speaking, it should be paid. However, in practice, we don't know yet how it will be collected.
1: All right, then, lots of questions into 4001. If you have a question for Ali Al-Assad from uh, and Pleska then get in touch with us. Hi, my brother has changed his company. His visa is yet to be stamped, I guess, under process. Problem is, his bank's blocked his account and frozen all his funds approached the bank and said they've told this uh, person you have two credit cards you have to cancel them if you want funds question is can a bank do this uh blocking funds just because of credit cards no word on here if there is money owed on Mm. the card so i'd assume there is but i don't know uh but can
2: a bank do that most likely i have the same impression that there is some kind of outstanding amounts over these credit cards otherwise the bank is not going to be that concerned about it so what's going to happen sometimes if you see that the agreement you sign for the credit card, it says mm-hmm. in the event you default one payment, the bank have the right like to or like the, all the payments will be due immediately. Same thing happened with loans. So usually whenever you transfer companies, your previous company will send uh, the transfer, like the bank transfer to your account showing end of service. And that's where the banks will know that you are losing your source of income. Mm-hmm. As a matter of practice, we see, they, like, uh, we see uh, this is not the first time we hear about this scenario. We've seen it before. In the event there is no outstanding on the credit card, or let's say the amount seized in your account exceeds the uh, debt or like the outstanding you have outstanding amount you have under the credit cards, we recommend that you approach the bank. In the event they do not cooperate, you have the right to file a complaint against the bank with the central bank.
1: You see, this is the thing with with debt cases, isn't it? You, there is always a fear that the bank or that a financial institution is going to turn around, and they're big institutions. You're mm-hmm. just one person. You, you, you know, it's a it's one of those situations. But it is always best, isn't it, to go and talk and sit face to face and try to work something out. Be
2: honest, like, with banks and even other like companies, and a lot of disputes. Sometimes, uh, before going to court or before referring a matter to a lawyer or getting any official people involved in it, sometimes just sitting and talking with the other party it leads to solution. I don't say every time it happened, but sometimes like you may save a lot of time, a lot of hassle, a lot of money just by turning to the other party.
0: Okay, we have a question here from Mark about wills. We talked about this with Lou Miller uh, a couple of weeks ago. It says does a new law number 15 replace the need for DIFC wills for properties?
2: So basically now the same system that we used to have under DIFC, it's available under the Dubai Courts. So you can opt for each one of them, the one you prefer.
0: Okay. That's a straightforward answer for your question there, Mark. This one has no name, Ali. It says, Hi, one of my staff members went on leave, then sent me a mail from abroad that they'd resigned. He has since deleted all contact, and we have no way in contacting him. How do we cancel his visa?
2: okay here there is two options uh, the first one which is the easiest but it may take time just wait six months while he's abroad because you know whenever you have residency if uh, if the person holds the residency stay outside of the uae for more than six months it will be cancelled automatically you just have to go and clear the system for it just mm-hmm. to get back your quota from the ministry of labor or the free zone where you are based alternatively some free zones depending where where is your license they have a process allowing you to cancel a residency without submitting the passport So check with the licensing authority where you are based and there you may have the solution.
1: I mean, How useful is this email in this case? Because Mm -hmm. could you take this to whichever authority it is, whether it's uh, mainland or free zone, and just say, look, here is a resignation. This person has left. There's no sign they're going to come back. Is that enough to proceed? Uh, Not by itself, but it will uh, help
2: you to build your case in front of the authority. Because let's say you have this email and this email is supported by the immigration report showing that this person left the country seven weeks ago and he didn't came back Mm. and uh, for example they will call his phones; that they will notice that all his phone lines are dead or something that may help you especially if you have the email to support the fact that he's
1: abroad okay I mean there's another there are lots of different uh, offshoots of this I suppose but do you if you do something like this person has done leave and just write and say look I'm not coming back what Happens to your right to say gratuity, do you forfeit the right to gratuity in that case?
2: Basically, uh, whenever let's say we have this scenario and we assume that
1: this employee spent more than a year,
2: because if he spent less than a year, there is no end of service for him, so basically sure. he's wearing away almost away of nothing. In mm. the event there is end of service and uh, we have such action, resignation without prior notice or uh, without any way to track him or to contact him, what's gonna happen? His end of service will remain protected minus whatever, let's say, need-to-notice period he defaulted by not serving, so this will be deducted. Any remaining amount, he have the right to claim it within one year. In the event one year elapsed and he doesn't claim it, statute of limitation will kick in. But in this situation, the employer needs to be careful. When, let's say, this employee comes after three years and he filed a case about end-of-service, it's the obligation of the employer to tell the court, like, one year passed, dismiss the case. If the employer doesn't raise it, then the court will proceed with ruling
0: Okay, just a quick one here on medical insurance. This one says, my family uh, medical insurance is expiring on December the 31st. Is there a grace period for renewals like a visa? Um, If I don't renew on time, will I be liable for a fine?
2: So basically, the medical insurance law provides for uh, a bylaw to be issued the stating the fines that will apply in various scenarios. Usually, it includes a Wide range of fines, like from 500 to 150,000, but for sure 150,000 will apply more to like medical insurance provider or health providers, not gonna be for an individual. But in this situation, we always recommend that you to hurry up as much as possible to uh, start to have the insurance item because you will need it for the renewal. Plus, in the event something happen within the period where you don't have the insurance, you as a sponsor of this family member, you have to pay the medical bill. Which will be may which might be way more than the insurance itself.
0: Okay, someone else has texted. No name asking, and um, will and um, will RTA fines have the introduction of VAT on top of them?
2: Basically, fine as we know it's not a service. Mm-hmm. So in the event you have a like a, usually VAT will apply to services and to goods. The fine itself is not a service, not a good. So I don't think uh, VAT will apply to it. However, VAT may apply for the car licensing fees yeah. and the insurance fees and the. You know, whenever you are doing renew, there is like the mechanical test you have to do it. These might be subject to VAT.
0: I think lots of people are panicking, thinking January is coming Mm. faster than we thought it was and they want to know what is going to cost them even more money in the new year. What if
1: you could do an advance registration for your car or buy your insurance now for next year? Well, we've learned that you can still have, Mm.
0: you still might have to pay from January the the Mm. increase in premium. So I don't think there's a loophole or way of getting around that at all. Ali, we've got a question in about um, an employee who's in a bit of a sticky situation about a passport. Will get that one next. Just wanted to return to the passport question Ali. We mentioned it before. It just says I've got a question about holding of a passport. My employer is holding my passport. They inform me at the signing of the offer letter about the same and there's also a clause in the offer letter that says that they hold the passport and can return it when required. However, now I don't want them to hold my passport but also I don't want to jeopardise my job. What can I do as they've ignored my request so far? Please help.
2: Okay, basically, as long as they are ignoring your request so far, try to push like a, maybe uh, like a more serious reason to that that you need to apply for a visa or something. In the event, they keep saying no. Here, there is two points. First of all, by law, they are not allowed to hold your passport. Mm-hmm. Second of all, whatever undertaking you sign it to the employer saying that I agree to keep my passport with you, even if you sign it, the moment you want your passport, you have the right to claim it, and they have the obligation to give it back to you. So what to do now as long as they keep refusing? there is two ways. First of all, if you want to insist on the passport, what you can do, you can approach the summary matter judge at the court. And from there, you receive an order from the judge within 48 hours, allowing you to receive your passport. You take this order, you run to the closest police station, they will call the employer and the employer will have to give you the passport. That's from the legal uh, perspective. Practically, what's going to happen? The company will give you the passport, but maybe like next day you will receive a termination notice or like a mm. um, serious or a warning. So in, uh, facing this scenario now, you can consider that this, uh, despite it's very severe to keep your passport, but just as a matter of practice, it's the same situation whenever your company doesn't pay you your salary. Every time yeah. you have a b- dispute between you and your employer, you have two options. Either you remain silent on it and you try to digest it or found an amicable solution to it. Alternatively, you have the right to raise the dispute to the relevant authorities, being the police in our case of the passport or going to the Ministry of Labour whenever there is a, a pending labour dues or unpaid salary or let's say excessive hours or something like that.
1: I mean, very often in companies, this is standard procedure for lots of the employees. It affects lots of different people. What What's the situation when, you know, a number of employees of a company have had enough of mm. something like this and make mm. a complaint at the same time? How much mm. is that noted by the authorities that X company is doing this on a regular basis? Is, is there anything that... the I, I, I guess the strength in numbers
2: so, uh, contributes to. Yeah, basically let's take a scenario where we have a mainland company. Whenever any employee file a uh, complaint at the ministry against the company, mm. this company will have like a question mark on their file. Okay. And the event the authorities will see that uh, this company is more like a troublemaker. Then so sometimes uh, serious uh, steps may be taken against this company. maybe be like sometimes like even like cancelling the license if that's too severe.
0: Mm. It's just one of those situations. What do you want from the outcome, really? You know where you stand mm. with the law, but where where do you want to stand with yeah. your employer? We've got a few more uh, minutes left. If you do have a question for text 4001 via the free messaging app, get those questions in. We have uh, a, a text in from Horatio. This one says, someone has run away and left the country. The problem is he gave my name and number as a reference. And so the banks keep calling me. What can I do?
2: So basically here, uh, we ha- there is two points to be uh, distrust. First of all, whether you signed anything with the bank saying that you guarantee his debts or something, that's in this situation, you are legally obliged to set- settle his debt. That's number one. Number two, it's just a matter of harassment where like you will keep be- receiving calls from a salesman to produce to market a service or a loan or a credit card or whatever. In the event, like what we always do, like we all face it sometimes, whenever we, we try to push them to take us out of their contact details list. In the event they don't respond and this matter keeps happening, you have the right to approach the authorities and file a case against these, the person who is trolling you for uh, harassment. And usually this is an offense under the law.
1: I mean, as long as you've not signed anything on this person's behalf, you're you know you're only a name and a reference, aren't yeah, you?
2: Exactly. It's as if someone is dialing their own number. But if they keep dialing you, the way it ha- becomes harassing, you have the right to report it to the police.
1: OK. Or just talk them into the ground, like I do with salespeople on the mm-hmm. phone. Uh, this person who texted earlier, I'll just read the text again, has texted back. One of my staff members went on leave, sent me a mail from abroad. He's resigned. He's deleted all contacts. We have no way in contacting him. How do we can't cancel his visa? Uh Thanks for the response, Ali. But this person says, uh, follows up with, if I leave his visa open for six months, I'll have a problem with WPS. It's a Dubai visa. Is there anything else to okay, add uh, Okay, There are
2: two points here. First, basically, according to our best knowledge, WPS, as long as you are transferring more than 80% of the salaries... You're not going to have a problem with them. In the event there is a problem, in the event, let's say, you receive a notice from the WPS that you are defaulting on a certain salary, you can approach them and explain the situation. And especially if you will have the immigration report showing that he's abroad, that will help you to build uh, your situation with WPS. And most likely, they will suspend this transfer for this specific employee.
0: Okay, we have um, a question in from Mark. Hi, I'm a teacher on a fixed-term renewable one-year local contract. Been in the same job for over 10 years. I have another job. Have given the one month's notice. Can the organisation penalise me from coming out of contract? And what about gratuity?
2: Okay, so basically for a limited contract, in the event the employee would like to terminate it prior to the expiry, in this situation they have the obligation to give a notice if the contract provides for it. After you give the notice, you break the contract and you leave. At that time, as per the law, the employer has the right to claim compensation from you up to one month and a half salary. But this is not an uh, automatic amount they can deduct from your gratuity or from your salary. They need to obtain a court order showing that because of your resignation, they suffered damages. Whenever Whenever they can submit a proof showing that they have damages... The court may give down compensation, but the maximum of this compensation is one year. Sorry, one month and a half salary. Mm -hmm. So there is nothing serious in this part. For your end of service in this situation, as long you finish more than five years, your debt will fall end of service.
1: Okay, I think we got through pretty much most of the questions today. Uh, we do have another Drive Live Talks Legal next Monday afternoon. I just wanted to ask you, Ali, just that you're uh, back with us after a while. RERA Index has been updated. Just briefly, uh, your thoughts on the changes?
2: Uh, mm. in so, but basically, as we know before, uh, RERA Indicator used to be updated four times a year. Now it's mm. one time. So now this is, uh, we are talking about the re- update for the 2018. Mm. We don't have the numbers, like the, whether the rents are going up and down in each area. But but we notice that now more areas are added to the indicator. And in some areas, you have like specific buildings. That like for the DIFC, it's like by building. There's like five or six buildings. So it's not the mm-hmm. area. Because, you know, always there's the issue that in the same area, we have high-end buildings and we have like normal buildings, how come the prices are compared uh, to each other. Sure. So now it's more, uh, um, not, I don't want to say more accurate, it's more like specific in certain areas. And for example, the Palm, it used to be like $1 now you have mm. the palm and you have certain projects in the palm mentioned by name so we'll, we'll wait in time maybe that like by the start of 2018 maybe we'll have like more details about each building but this is yet to come we don't know
0: and will that also cover the facilities in each building as well
2: uh, yeah because that's the main area because sometimes you have like uh, extra f- like five stars facilities in certain building and in another building you have something very basic. Under the previous indicator, everything is treated the same.
0: Okay, that's Drive. Live Talks Legal for this week. Our guest has been Ali Al-Assad from Yamalaba and Plethka. Ali, thank you very much for joining us again. Thank you so much. There's just so much more to hear.
1: Download our podcast at dubaii1038.com.